Welcome, my friends. And once again, I bring you greetings from the Center Church of Christ, meeting at 110 Hurst Street in Center, Texas. We continue to appreciate the many fine comments we receive on our visits from those of you who are listening to these lessons, and we prayerfully ask that you encourage your friends to also visit with us and study with us. What we want to do now is, as we always do, ask you to stop checking that Facebook page, ignore those incoming text messages and emails, and take just a few moments out of your busy schedule, and let's visit together about the things of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. In our visits these past few weeks, we've been talking about the storms that life brings upon us and how to get through those storms. In our last visit, we talked about the storm of forgiveness, how all of us are in need of the grace of forgiveness and yet are frequently stingy with forgiveness for our fellow man. We discussed how sometimes forgiving other people is a real battle for us. I hope sincerely that you found some of the thoughts we shared to be helpful. In our visit this week, we want to consider something else that we all struggle with discouragement. Don't let your defeats defeat you. Don't lose your song. Folks, that is something a minister must learn to say to people. He also has to learn to say it in many different ways. You see, there are some things that just never happen in the life of a preacher. No one's ever called me to say, this is such a happy day in my life, I wanted to call you, preacher, and tell you about it. I've never picked up the phone yet to hear the voice on the other end say, My marriage is so perfect and we are so happy, I just wanted to let you know about it. Then again, I've never had anyone walk in my office to tell me, Preacher, God has so abundantly blessed me, I've got more money than I can ever spend, and I just want to know what projects of the church I could go ahead and pay for so we can get them started. Those are just not the things I hear about. You see, the preacher hears about the heartaches and the broken dreams. He hears about the disappointments and the defeats. He hears about those who've lost their songs. It seems that everybody is in some way defeated in life. And as a matter of fact, everyone is. Some have had harder defeats than others. But along the way, everyone meets defeat. Life is not a series of unbroken victories. Generally mixed in with our triumphs are many defeats. Sometimes we fail, even when we've done our very best. Sometimes we fail because we haven't done our best. Yet, for all of us, there are disappointments and discouragements. There are times when the song is gone from our hearts. The pressures of life somehow manage to snatch our song. And some morning we wake up and realize, you know, it's been a while since we caught ourselves singing. I think the psalmist found himself in that situation in Psalms chapter 40 and verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, 
out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Obviously, he's been bogged down by the problems he faced. He's let his defeats defeat him, and he has apparently lost his song. David tells us in Psalms chapter 40 and verse 2 that he's been in a horrible pit. It may have been when Saul drove David from the palace and pursued him in jealousy. You remember, Saul was wanting to take his life. David had narrowly escaped on several occasions. Perhaps David is here referring to one of those times. Or perhaps it could have been when David's own son Absalom went against him in battle. You remember, Absalom rebelled against his father and tried to have him assassinated. Then again, perhaps it was David's adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. You know, that was when he added sin on top of sin and had Uriah killed in battle. And then the son of that unholy tryst became ill and died. Or possibly David's pit was the grief that he suffered when Amnon violated his half-sister Tamar. Whatever the pit of David's life might have been, it was uncomfortable for him. It was dark and wet and slimy. It was also impossible for him to get out of it without help. You might be in a pit right now, at this very moment. Do you remember the humorist Irma Bombeck? She wrote a book. The title was, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, Why Am I Always in the Pits? Maybe for you right now, life is the pits. The pit is the breaking point for the overworked man or woman in business. It's the outer limits of exasperation for the mother of constantly crying children. It's the grinding stress of illness for ourselves or for those we love. Anything that causes a sense of helplessness and desperation and threatens to ruin our life or take it away, that is the pit. And when we're in the pit... There is no secure footing. It's dark. It's muddy. It's slimy. And you know, if you can't stand up, you can't escape. And when you're in the mud, the more you squirm, the deeper you sink. You're stuck. When David, overwhelmed by his rescue and overwhelmed by the thought of the deliverance of God, he thought of a rock. God placed my feet upon the rock, he said. I won't have to sink anymore. Now he could freely move about, unrestricted, on a sure foundation. Living life inevitably brings pits. Slimy, watery, sticky pits. And what we must do, my friends, is Firmly plant our feet on Jesus, the solid rock. David, you see, was not defeated by his defeats. 
God lifted him up out of the pit. God placed his feet on solid rock and God put a new song in his heart. Make no mistake about it. God did not create us to be defeated and silent. God created us to conquer and sing. We sing in the shower. We whistle while we work. We pause to listen to a bird chirping in the trees. Admittedly, when we sing, we may sound like two cats having a near-death experience. But by nature, we love to sing. And no one helps us understand this better than David. As a young shepherd boy, David would play on his harp while he tended sheep. Later in life, he played that harp so well that it quieted the weary soul of Saul. David had known song and David had known music, but he had not yet experienced a new song. We may sing songs when we're in that hole in the ground, but the songs we sing then are sad songs, songs about tragedy, misfortune, and grief, songs about anger and bitterness. But friends, when we get out of the pit, We want to sing a new song, a song of praise to the living God. Have you ever taken a really good look at the book of Hebrews? It was written to a small band of people who were discouraged, people who had lost their song, people who were in the pits of life. They had been converted from Judaism to Christianity. When they left their own group, Their old friends and even their own families had turned against them. They found it hard to make a living and they faced bitter opposition. The book of Hebrews contains the most eloquent statement on faith ever recorded. Chapter 11 begins by telling us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The writer then goes on to tell of the struggles of great people in history, and how by faith they won the victory. They were lifted out of the pits, and their song was restored. To the Hebrew Christians, the writer is saying, Hold on to your faith, and you will not be finally defeated. Then Hebrews 12 tells them, and it tells us, how to hold on to our faith. Notice what it says about Jesus. It calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's not all it says. Does it say He was the greatest teacher of all time? No. Does it refer to Him as having the power to perform mighty miracles? No. It says that, For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. Jesus knew the meaning of deep suffering and sorrow. And yet Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. But friends, if we're going to be victorious through Jesus, then Jesus Christ must be the Lord and Master of our lives. If Jesus is not the Master of all of your life, then my friend, Jesus is not Master at all in your life. You can make Jesus the master of your life by coming to Him in simple trusting faith, 
repenting of everything that's sin in our life, confessing His name before men and being buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of past sins. That, my friends, is the simple process that makes you a Christian. Nothing more than a Christian. Nothing less than a Christian. And nothing else. Just a simple New Testament Christian. Doing things just as they did on Pentecost. Just as the eunuch did. And just as the jailer did in Philippi. Friends, if we can assist you in your obedience to Jesus Christ, we'd love to have the opportunity to do that. We hope you're enjoying the opportunity that we have to visit together about the things of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We would invite you to come and worship with us this coming Lord's Day at the Center Church of Christ. We love you. The Lord who died for you loves you. And we want you to go to heaven. Our time is gone. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless and keep you, is our prayer in Jesus' name.